Welcome to episode 234 of the Thunder Underground podcast. Trent and Jason here as always. And this week, we've got Stevie D joining us. Stevie D has a great new album out featuring Corey Glover on vocals. So we're going to talk about all that here coming up. And you know what? 234, that's the the last numerical episode we'll have for quite a while. Yeah, I get that. It probably is. 234. What, three? What's the next one? Probably 356. Three. 345. <laughs> I was like, what? Man, what the fuck? These beers I've been drinking are non-alcoholic, too. I did <laughs> something I did something else stupid earlier. It's been a long day. Actually, it would be 321, because you can go backwards. You can? Way. Okay, yeah. is that allowed? I guess. Right I don't know. Yeah, usually, usually, <laughs> I would say cut that out. But I don't care because I don't point. give a shit. Who cares? Uh, most people know I'm an airhead, anyways. Whatever. <laughs> I, I'm 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 like a I'm like a hot cheerleader without the hot cheerleader. That's how much of an airhead I am. Um, I always considered you a hot cheerleader type. Uh, moving right along. Okay. So on episode three twenty one, who will be our guest? It's a good question. I'm going to go back to something you mentioned earlier okay. in a YouTube video we recorded. I think we should have the drummer from Huff and Moose on that episode. Why not? Why not? I mean, who says we can't? Yeah. If there's any Huff and Moose fans out there, drop us a line. Because Jason is a big fan, so he likes to reference them a lot. Okay. Yeah. I'll go with that. All right. Random 90s bands for 600 Alex. Um, <laughs> who is Oleander? <laughs> They were a little bigger than Heffamoose, though. Well, true, <laughs> true. Um, <laughs> who is Primitive Radio Gods? Yeah, man, I did not like that song. Who is Radish? Wow, I forgot that until this do, moment. I could do this all day, mother. Let's get way deeper. All day. Okay. Who is Denaro? Oh man, weren't they nineties? They you well, know they came what? out in the nineties. They but it's were nineties, but their sound was very eighties. It's not nineties in the sense of what yeah nineties music was. But yeah, they came out in the nineties. You know what? <laughs> uh, I mean, Firehouse was a nineties band. Speaking well, to what we talked about earlier, who, who we love, by the way, we <laughs> should play Denaro on the podcast sometime. That's right. Who, who the fuck is going to know or care? <laughs> it's on YouTube. That's right. We, that it's not on. Be... It's not on streaming services, though, right? No, it's yeah. not. I've looked it up. Oh yeah, I did. Some random person put it on YouTube. Yeah. And we listened to that a while back at your house. I forgot about yes, that. Yes, we did. That's right. We're going to have to do that. Yeah. Listen to some Denaro and their best Simple Minds impressions. That'll be... God, it's like a hairband Simple Minds. <laughs> That'll be on our radio episode. That's right. Okay. Coming in January of 2020. Probably. 2021. <laughs> <clears throat> but all right. Back to the subject at hand is... Well, before we get to the subject at hand, our sponsors... Mm-hmm. We need to give a shout out to Med Farm and to DEB Concerts. Med Farm is a dispensary in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, located at 24683 East Highway 51. That's just about a quarter mile east of Oneida Road, right off Highway 51. You can't miss them. They've got flags, they've got signs, they've got lights. It's a great place to stop in there. They got a what? picture of a cow with a pot leaf as its butthole. That is right. That's something we don't mention enough. I mean, how is, fucking amazing is that? That is their logo, and that is amazing. That's where I want to buy my shit. Yeah. That's, even if they weren't our sponsor, you would want to buy your shit there just because of that logo. Mm -hmm. It's not a chocolate starfish, mind you. It's a green pot leaf. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yes. 
It's, it's, it's not. It's not a rusty balloon knot. Well, that's a term I haven't heard. <laughs> it's a green pot leaf. All right. Yeah, get in there and check out the green pot leaf on the cow because you can buy that on a t-shirt. So why not? Support them in that way if you're not in there to buy products. But if you are in there to buy products, they've got a huge selection. And if you tell them you heard about them on Thunder Underground, mention our name. They'll give you 10% off your order anytime. And a lot of other times they're running specials. Like just the, today when we're recording this, I saw they had 20% off of vapes and cartridges. So just they're always running stuff like that. So if you follow them on Facebook at MedFarm, that's P-H-A-R-M, or Instagram at MedFarm OK, or on their website at MedFarmOK.com, you can keep track of all that stuff. They've got a doctor on site every Friday and Saturday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And top that all off, they're family-owned, they're Oklahoma-owned, and 30% of their proceeds go to help build no-kill animal shelters. So that's a huge thing. That's an awesome thing, and they're, that's why their slogan is Cannabis with a Cause. Hell yeah. So get in there and support them, and tell them we sent you to get a discount. DEB Concerts, a promoter located here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, brings a lot of kick-ass rock and roll to the ideal ballroom in downtown Tulsa. They brought in bands like Saxon, Great White, Tom Kiefer, Sebastian Bach, Striper, Dockin, Warrant, a huge long list. Coming up here in just a little over a week and a half, they are bringing Last in Line to the Ideal Barroom. That's a huge one for both of us. Oh, totally. Yeah, we've been... I'm going to be there. Are you going to be there? I will be All there. All right. I'll be in town, so I will be there. Fuck yeah. Yeah, Last in Line, we had the chance to see them at Rocklahoma a couple years ago, but really looking forward to seeing a headline set, full set from these guys. They've got two albums out now that are both fantastic, and they're actually already working on a third one. Okay. Which is great news. October 19th at the Ideal Ballroom with Fist of Rage opening up. Our good friends of Fist of Rage, hit them up on Facebook. They will send you tickets. They will meet you in town. If you're not in town, they'll send them to you. Hit them up. That'll save you some money on fees. If not, you can buy them at the door. You can buy them ahead of time on Stubwire. Do not miss this show. It's going to be amazing. I promise you that. We actually had Vivian Campbell from Last in Line and, of course, Def Leppard on this podcast here a couple months ago, so go check that one out. Then moving forward in November, on the 23rd, Vixen is coming to the Ideal Ballroom along with the Iron Maidens and Down for Five. Vixen actually played right in front of the Ideal Ballroom. That's right. About three years ago. They played Streets Gone Wild. That was an excellent show. So I guarantee you this one will be as well. Oh, definitely. And I've never got to see the Iron Maiden, so really looking forward to that. All-female tribute to, of course, the one and only Iron Maiden. And then Down for Five is a band here from Tulsa that's been on this podcast a few times. We love those guys, and they've got new music coming as well. So hit them up for your advance tickets. Is there new stuff out yet? No. Well, we need to get them back on here when it's out. Yeah. Yeah, they've been talking about... Want to pump that up. They've posted when they were recording, Okay, you know, guitars and different stuff going on, yeah. so <clears throat> that should be soon, I think. So, yeah, of course, we'll have them back. <clears throat> so, yeah, hit them up. Both those shows at the Ideal Barroom, both those shows will have Eddie Trunk hosting them, and you'll see us out there at both those shows as well. All right, so 
We need to talk about the rival sons. Yes, we do. Because this past week, they played the Tulsa State Fair on October 2nd. And it was fantastic. As always. I mean... Yeah, you knew it was going to be. Yeah. It, th- those guys can't turn in a bad set. Right. They're just a phenomenal band regardless when you listen to their albums. And they're one of those bands that translate it perfectly live. And the thing I love about it is it doesn't sound like just a carbon copy of the album, but it mm-hmm. sounds perfect just like the album. Yeah. You know, exactly. if that makes sense. Like they're just... because yeah, there's definitely... That's, they're, the, they're the kind of band that... You know, they warrant some, you know, they're loose and they're groovy and, you know, there's some jamming going on. Uh, and it's, it, it, it's, it's not, it's not antiseptic, but it's perfect. Right. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. They jam out on songs like, excuse me, Feral Roots, you know, has a long jam there towards the yeah, end. Yeah. Yeah couple of the other songs they extend that way which is always cool when a band can do that and do it to where it doesn't like lose you or anything yeah you know where it's yeah. not just them being self-indulgent or something these guys are just playing music and it sounds fucking phenomenal and they're an all killer no filler band i mean they don't like you told me the day of the show that you listen to every one of their albums that day yes that then you can do that because those they're all killer no filler yeah the day of the show i have a job where fortunately i just kind of put my headphones on and go i don't really have anyone breathing down my neck i don't really have a lot of curveballs thrown at me um so i just started at feral roots and went back and listened to all six of their records um and it took pretty much the whole day and it was great and it got me nice and primed up for the show um I think for me, the high points of the show were um, Open My Eyes. I really love that song. Same here. I love when that, it's like that chorus, that pre-chorus, like kind of drops down or something. Yeah. You know, and it just makes when they come back up even greater. (laughs) Um, And Shooting Stars, obviously, is just uh, an impeccable song. And and even without the choir, you know, all five of them singing, it was just, they did a great, they did a great job of that song. Yeah, that song's like nearly like chill-inducing when you hear it live. Yeah, you know? yeah, it's just definitely. one of those songs. You, know? you get goosebumps for yeah. sure. It's one of those things that like you don't know why, but you get that lump in your throat like you might cry. Right. So I and to to do that with with a song, not something many people can do. So yeah, I I fucking love this band, man. Yeah, I mean they can do it because they're. Their songs are deep, their lyrics are deep, and it's, I mean, obviously when you hear J.B. Cannon talk, he's a deep guy, so it's yes. like, they can, they do that without it being, you know, when some people try to be deep, it comes off as smarmy or something, and yeah. he, he does it, and it's natural, yeah. and that's what makes this band and, so and, great. And I like how, like, he really has a command of the stage, like, you know, he, he doesn't really look a lot of people in the eye, he just kind of looks through things. And he's like serious and he's like there for one job. And, and it's almost like, it, 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 it's almost in a good way. It's like fearful. Like I I don't, I don't want to break his, I don't want to break his gaze or break his concentration. So I'm, I'm gonna, you know, I'm looking up to you, sir. (laughs) And, and, and I'm waiting for your next note to come out of you that amazing voice yeah so it's just it's really cool and it and it makes you feel like um 
it makes you feel like there's a mystique, like back in the old days, before you got to know everything about every band ever. Right. You know, with social media and the internet. Um, so, which is another reason why I, I love that band. Yeah, and he he can, you know, his voice is so powerful. He can do that thing where he holds the mic, mm-hmm. like, really far away. And, like, I've I've seen, I can't think of who in the past besides Mili Majedovic from yeah. Steelheart that I've seen do that on more than one occasion. I know I've seen someone else do it. But when I'm talking, the microphone at times was down at his waist level. Yeah. And it sounds the same as it does when it's up here. And it's like that. That's not obviously not common people. That's like fucking pure power. You know? So much control. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. And the other thing I really love about this band is it's like they they've they've made a name for themselves obviously before now, but the past couple years, you know, probably since the Black Sabbath tour, they've got more attention from yeah. mainstream radio and from everything and it's like they're doing things the way bands used to do it, which you don't see much more is they've what they've got six albums and they're they've grown organically, I guess is the right word. Yeah. Like they've had this slow build to get to where they're at now, which still isn't even huge, but it's at a high level of and of course they get tons of praise critically of which course. they of course deserve. Yeah. And I mean, you'll hear it from here at the end of the year. Feral Roots is gonna not to give anything away, but it's likely going to be in our top three i'm exactly. sure exactly yeah i'm i think you're probably right yeah it is an amazing record yeah and the the show of course that we saw and a lot of the the tour they're doing now is heavy on that which that's what they're promoting exactly you know, i think they played like seven or eight songs off of that album almost yeah. that's three-fourths of the album yeah and then you know there was four or five other songs from the past and you know so it was cool to hear keep on swinging and electric man and Pressure on time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're going to play those. I'm thinking a couple of hours I forgot. But, yeah, I mean, that was just a, a phenomenal show that keeps – I mean, these guys, if you haven't seen them, both of us have been fortunate enough to see them three, four, three times now. Yeah. So, if you have not seen them, do yourself a favor. Even if you haven't followed them and you only know what you've heard on the radio, I guarantee if you go to show, you'll be like, listen to these guys on the way home. You'll love it, yeah. Yeah. All right, so in the same vein, here's something I'm going to throw out here. 2020, The Black Crows. You think it's going to happen? Yeah. Okay, what makes you think that? I got sources. I'm going to pull an Eddie Trunk here oh, on you. God, okay. <laughs> we'll talk when... We'll talk when yeah, I'll, I'll tell you that when it's over, but things are happening. I know a couple people, I'm not just saying that to be douchey, but you know that, that know people that have mentioned things. And then, of course... Rich Robinson and the Magpie Salute have, I don't know, and a couple months ago they said dates are coming for 2020 for mm-hmm. themselves. And then that post or something got deleted, and then he said in an interview that, like, it's up in the air, just being real vague about yeah. it now. Yeah. And that's something he was really pushing full bore. Mm-hmm. And then, like, two days ago, the Black Crows Twitter, which has been dormant for six years, changed their handle Maybe. to the Black Crows. Yeah. And then... There was something else going on, but regardless, it's heavily rumored <clears throat> that, you know, no one knows who's going to be involved with it besides them two, but as myself, long as those two are there, yeah. I'm fucking excited as hell. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they're, they're, they're one of the greats really. And it seemed like about a year ago, I read interviews with both of them and they were both like, you know, they fucking hated each other. Yeah. I mean, it's been going on and, in the press for, well, forever, yeah, but more recently but, in the last but, couple of years. But at the same time. In these days, in this climate, 
if if everyone's alive, you can't rule anything out in any yeah. of these bands. Yeah. So nothing nothing is a surprise. I mean, Slash and Axel. Exactly. Yeah. Case in point. You are right. right. Yeah. So here you go. I hope it happens. I've seen them live countless not countless times. Probably like nine or ten times. Yeah. yeah. And every time is as good as the last. So here's the hoping. All right. So let's play some music. Let's do it. We're going to play you a song right now from a band out of Mass. Massachusetts. Yeah. I just like to say Mass. Uh, they're not from Boston, but they're from just say, Gardner. Jesus. You <laughs> had to say it like that. They're from Massachusetts. Trim. Okay. All right. We'll go. Or, with or as my dad would say, Massachusetts. <laughs> well, this song is by the band Young Other, and it's called Between the Few.
between the few song from young other check these guys out give them a follow what did you think of that i mean that's got that's that's good heavy hard rock i really love the vocals on it they're real you know kind of raspy and that just kind of dirty rock and roll sound that i love in 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 vocalists like that yeah Yeah. it's you know it's mainstream accessible which is something i don't always dig on but but the 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 hook and the catchiness of it grabbed me and sometimes you can't deny that. Yeah. So it was a great song. Glad we could play it. Something about it reminded me of if Crobot was a lot more accessible. I see that. Which they are more accessible than they used to be, I guess. But that, you know what I'm saying? If they <laughs> yeah. were a little more radio friendly, I guess. Gotcha. I don't know. But, which is a great thing because Crobot is one of my favorite new bands. Of course. Yeah. So yeah, check out Young Other. All right, let's... Talk about Stevie D. Nice. We, last week on the podcast, we played his new single with Corey Glover, and we talked about it then, but of course, we're going to talk about it again here. You know, this this album, you know, as a whole, is fantastic. I mean, it... It it, really is. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's got everything you want in a rock and roll album. It's got the, the hard rock that, you know, that's heavy at times, and then it... Gets down to that bluesy feel, that soulful feel that you obviously get from Corey Glover with the songs like Strung Out. Yeah. You know, which is just amazing. And that is a great song. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but the, just from start to finish, this is all killer, no filler. I mean, I know we, the last time we really just talked about the song, but your time has run out. But like, this is, I mean, Torn from the Pages is something I would recommend to anybody that loves rock and roll. Oh, yeah. Start to finish, you're going to love this record. Yeah, so really do yourself a favor and check this out. Stevie D is a producer, mixer, all kinds of stuff behind the scenes. And this is his first solo effort that he's, well, it's actually billed as Stevie D featuring Corey Glover. Yes. But it's his first thing that he really put together as a musician. And he's got, you know, you'll hear about it here in this interview. This is like 10 years in the making for this album. Definitely. And it's cool, you know, this interview I think is cool because, you know, a lot of times you talk about music, talk about writing, but since this guy is a producer and behind the scenes the majority of the time, you know, a lot of the stuff we talked about in here is more kind of on the technical side of things than you usually get from someone. Exactly. And and, uh, we got a cool little cameo in this interview. That's right. Cameo from Dave Bickler who was the vocalist for Survivor, who you all know from High of the Tiger, High of the Tiger, Burning Heart, basically the Rocky soundtracks. Both uh, those songs are from Rocky soundtracks. Yeah, I mean, uh, so <laughs> that was uh, unexpected and a pretty awesome surprise. Yeah, because, I mean, originally when we, you know, to give you a little behind the scenes here, we was talking to the PR about setting this up, and he wasn't available on the day we were going to do it, and then... She got back to us later and said, yeah, he he can, he said he could do it now. But apparently we found out while we we're doing an interview, he just said he could do it during the, in, during the middle of the recording session. Yeah. So definitely. Thanks for the time out. We, we really appreciate you. Uh, we really appreciate Stevie D taking the time out to do that. Yeah. So big thanks to him and also to Dave Bickler for being willing to jump take in. a 30 minute break. You know? Yeah. Jump in and say hi. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so yeah, let's just get into this now. Here's Stevie D.
past weekend you guys had your uh, album release show. Like, how did that? We did. How did everything yeah. go? Well, everything went great. Um, we had a very nice turnout, and, and uh, spirits, the, the vibe in the room was great. Everybody had a great time. Uh, it was all good good energy, you know, all, all happiness and laughter and, good, you know, good, good music. Just good. We played well. Um, of course, you know, we as artists are always seeking perfection. So there's always, uh, we always room for improvement, but for our first, um, outing and, um, I would say it was, uh, a success. Are there any plans to do any, uh, any more shows? Yeah, I'm working on that now. Um, I am, there's nothing booked yet, but, uh, there will be, there will be soon. Like and was... also, um, there will be uh, a. Um, I recorded the show. I, I did a four camera shoot and recorded the audio. So there'll be a real nice represent video audio representation of the show as well. That'll be great. Yeah, so I can get that right out there, so people can see immediately. Um, you know, get an idea what this thing is like live. What was the the preparation, or excuse me, the preparation for that like? Did you guys get time to to rehearse and everything, or was it more of an off the cuff type thing? No, I rehearsed the band. Uh, probably, you know, we did a handful of rehearsals, and Cor I had Corey down a couple of times. So yeah, we you know we did we did some preparation, and um, you know you don't want to over rehearse, but uh, which I don't think we did so. But a live show is, is um, you know, you, you could do six rehearsals, and then if you do a live show, that's almost like another six. You know, one yeah. show is – are you guys musicians as well? Yes, yes. This is Jason. I am. And, and I definitely know what you mean. Uh, it, it feels like so much into a live show as opposed to a practice, so I can relate. You know what I mean? And it's like, you've got to, at practice, you know, you, you, at the right, you, you do a song, you talk about it, you get ready, you do the next song, everybody looks at each other and kind of goes, okay, so the count off is this. And, but at the show, there's none of that. It's like, you got to go, you know, there's no talking about anything. You know, you yeah. go from song to song and, uh, you know, that's it. And it's, it, and it really does, uh, really does tighten you up. So the next show will be much, much more relaxed and um, much, much more confident, you know, with the beginnings and endings and everything else. So definitely looking, fo looking forward to it. I can tell you that I, if I wish we had a show like tomorrow, so I could just <laughs> get back up there. <laughs> well, I'm assuming with like your schedule and Corey's schedule that it's, when you do shows, it's probably going to be just here and there. It's not going to be something where you could tour, or is that a possibility? Well, I mean, uh, at the moment, it's going to be, um, you know, uh, one-offs. But, uh, you know, as I build this the project, um, my my goal is, is to secure some some consecutive dates, you know? But uh, at the moment, I'm just building the the the, the re getting the record out there, getting the name, getting everything out there, so that uh, there's um, more of a demand for this act for you know a tour. 
and, um, and you know, and, and also Corey actually, you know, he tours, he's out there much more than myself. I mean, I'm, I'm producing over here. I have a studio, so I'm in there. I'm in my studio. Uh, you know, that's my, that's where I spend most of my time and, and the performing, the performing side of things is dedicated to this record and this project. Whereas Corey is doing a few different things. So, um, it, it, I would be, um, targeting a specific area of time to grab Corey to do this. So let's say like, you know, a, a festival, you know, a, a week run in Europe or, or, um, some weekends here and there here in the States. But for me, I'd like to, quite frankly, I'd like to take this thing out uh, as much as possible. Yeah. But it's got to make it's got to make sense, you know. We're not going to get in a van, and you know what I mean. We're not going to get in a van and and pound the pavement. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, you've uh, obviously been involved with the music business for quite a long time, and I've read in the press and the press for this album and everything that you said that this was a long process to get this album out like how long was that whole like how long have you been wanting to do this and why do you think right now is the right time i've been working on this record for the better part of the last i mean i i finished the mixes two years ago the record was done two years ago it took you know it took about it took that much time to to secure the deal and get all the logistics out of the way and do the videos and get this thing um, released, but I have been working on the music for the better part of, of, from, you know, 2010 up to when I signed the deal and finished the mixing. Um, so, you know, yeah, I've been working on it for quite a while and, um, the, uh, at one point, probably around 2017 or, or I just, uh, picked up the phone one day and started making some calls to some labels so I could start getting feelers if anybody would be interested in putting it out. Um, and at that point, I got some some interest and quickly wanted to just get it done and get it out there. You know, it was long. It was enough already. It was like, okay, it's, this record has been, in, you know, in, been working on it for long enough and it's I really got to just get it out there. And I did, you know. So these were songs that you've you've had for quite a while written already. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I started. I mean, there's. I think the first song on this record started to come together somewhere around the end of 2009, um, and uh, probably started writing the record. Not too much. I mean, the, the songs were all written probably to 2012, like between 20, 2009 and 2012, I'm, I'm guessing. And the rest of the time was just production and, you know, change. I had to re-record singers and, and uh, bring in musicians. And But, you know, I work all that around my studio schedule. So it's not like I, I block the studio out to record and mix the record within a specific amount of time. You know, I would work on the record, I would do other records, other acts, and go back and do, you know, whenever I got time, I'd go in and, and you know, work on this record. But, um, I mean, it's not uncommon for studio owners who are musicians to be spending a lot of their time working on other records. And their music kind of takes the back seat 
because, um, you know, I mean, kind of paying the bills kind of um, plays a big influence on your work schedule. You obviously, I mean, this long of a process, wrote these songs, you didn't write them with Corey Glover in mind, so how did he, how did it come about that you brought him on board to do well, the vocals yeah, for this? That's a, you know, somebody actually just asked me that question. It's an interesting question. You know, um, when I wrote, when I, you know, I was coming up with these songs, I mean, I, I originally did the vo- you know, the, the scratch vocals. So when I write the, the tunes, I, you know, I, I sing the, sing the melodies to myself and I put up a mic and I, I just kind of ad lib some, some melodies and some lyrics that'll come out. And eventually I'll, I'll give my best shot at, at documenting some sort of a representation of the song. And, um, did I have Corey in mind? You know, I, I didn't specifically have anybody in mind. I don't specifically have anybody in mind when I write a song, but I will say this, you know, every song that I write is a potential contender for a somebody like Corey Glover to, to sing, you know, who, like I said, who wouldn't have Corey in mind on a <laughs> Exactly. The guys are powerful. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. You know, um, so I didn't, but you know, Corey's like a bucket list vocalist that to put on my tracks. And, uh, the original vocalist was, was a good friend of mine who, who's also a, a beautiful singer. Um, he's, he's got like a Paul Rogers meets Chris Cornell soul thing going on. A uh, buddy of mine from Indiana, Doug Henthorne, um, had a band played with Jason Bonham. Okay. Okay. Band called Healing Sixes. Uh, look them up, guys. The band is called Healing Sixes, and Jason, Jason was in the band. If you know, if you get a chance, look these guys up. Give Give Doug a listen. His originals are wonderful. Anyway, so Doug sang the record, and then I had a track. The last song I wrote, actually the the leading track on the record, Your Time Has Run Out which is the single that they're pushing. When I wrote it, I thought, man, maybe I can get Corey to, to sing this one and have him do a cameo on the record. And, um, you know, he, he came down and did it. And it took like one or two lines before I was, you know, we were listening and I just, my, the realization came to me that I would, it would be a really uh, good idea to ask him to do the whole record. And he, he agreed, you know, so, at that point, the work you know a lot of took a while, but the work started, and I got Corey on the rest of the record. And, and, and so when it, when it came to the final lyrics, was that Corey? No, I, I wrote all the music. Okay, okay, yeah. So you did, uh, and you did drums and bass on this as well, right? Um, no, I brought in drummers. I, um, I kind of pulled out my all-star list of you know some of my favorite drummers so I, you know we'd bring guys in to uh play one one guy would play two or three songs another i'd bring another guy in to play two songs and so i had about five drummers on the record that contributed two or three songs a piece and um i did bass on about half the record um and then i brought in um 
again, a couple of bass players on some different tracks. Uh, and I did a little bit of B3 here and there, some sound effects here and there, but I also brought in some, you know, brought in some keyboard players. I did all the guitar on the record, um, except one song I brought in my buddy, Mike Ciro to, uh, we, we went back and forth on the lead section. So, but other than that, I did all the, all the acoustics, the electrics, all the leads. Um, and, uh, yeah. And I brought in horns and strings and backup singers. So I brought a lot of people, a lot of great musicians I brought in on the record, which is a, you know, uh, a really nice, um, part of this regard about this record is, you know, you put it on and you hear a lot of world-class musicians, you know, on this record. It's, there's some, some of the players and singers on this record are, you know, as, as high level as it gets. Yeah. You know? How, how did you go about constructing your solos? I mean, were, were some of them just one takes or did some of them take a while? Some of the solos were from were were some of the uh, original solos, like from my de- from the demos. Okay, you know the reference. So some of those some of the solos were the originals, and some of them, you know, were later in the game where I felt like you know I can uh, I can be what's there, which at times I couldn't. You know, even some of the rhythm tracks were the original rhythm, them you know rough, the reference tracks that I th- just couldn't cop the feel because, you know, being that it took you know the the record had years between when I started writing and when I finished it. Um, it's interesting because you could come up with a lick and and play it on Tuesday, record it, and then. Three months later, you, you go back to, to redo that part and you, you're like, wait a minute, how did I do this? You know, yeah. and you can't quite cop the vibe you had when you originally wrote it, you know, and, and you're so at that point, I think you're you're better off going with your initial instincts for how you wrote it on that you know, the, the feeling and the vibe you had the day you wrote it, you know, if you can't, if you can't cop that, then you, you might as well leave, you know, the, the original intent. I think it has more heart and more meaning than if you, you try to redo it and it's just not the same, you know, because you're like, Oh man, I'll redo it with a better tone. I'm just putting a reference down now. I'll come back and then, later and I'll, I'll get the perfect tone and I'll redo this. It'll be great. It'll be perfect, you know, for the real track. And then you go into it with that mindset and you, you try to redo it and you're like, wait a minute, this is not beating what I was doing in my pajamas on Saturday night, you know, <laughs> watching, you know, with the TV on, the game was on and I was kind of half watching the game and half, you know, putting this riff down you know, thinking this was just a reference. Meanwhile, it ends up being on the record because you couldn't beat it, you know? <laughs> then you're like, you know what? Maybe I better go put my pajamas on and kind of like, what pajamas were I wearing? What were I wearing? <laughs> hey, whatever works. Whatever works. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, my buddy Dave, uh, my buddy Dave Dominich told me a story about Lenny Kravitz. He, he recorded Lenny's first couple records and, 
you know, Lenny walked in the studio one day with a cassette tape and he goes, guys, this is the master. And the, you know, the engineers are looking at him going, what do you mean? He goes, this is the master right here on this cassette tape with all this tape hiss and all this lo-fi shit going on. And then, <laughs> you know, all the, you know, lack of, of alleged integrity, audio integrity. It was like, no man. And the engineers are horrified because, you know, we were, we as engineers were like, no man, I got to put up my, got to use my best mic breeze and put up my best mics and we got to track this and, you know, got to track it properly. And, you know, and, and at the end of the day, it ain't about the gear. It's about the spirit. And that cassette, that cassette that Lenny brought in had the spirit, you know. Yeah. So it's all about the heart and spirit with music. It's it's not about, you know, perfection and sonics and, you know, just. Yeah, you know, it's like I tell singers when they go in to do a vocal, you know, they they, they come to the studio. Tomorrow's vocal day be great tomorrow's vocal day you know everything's going to be perfect and they don't they can't beat the reference track and i usually tell people i say well listen you know when you go to sing in there don't go in there with the intention of doing the greatest vocal of your life you know just go in there and make believe you're in your car singing along or, or you know doing gardening and singing you know because as soon as you get into that i'm going to do the the perfect take mindset you know, you, you might be, you you may just stiffen up or, you you know, you might set yourself up. It's just, you put too much pressure on yourself. Yeah. Yeah. In some cases. When you're in, some, when you're in the car. The, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You do your best. Listen, man, at the end of the day, you do your, some of your best playing you do while you're just, you know, fiddling on your couch, you know? Yeah. That's when the realness comes out. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that if that had anything to do with your question, but oh, definitely. That's, <laughs> well, as far as making your own solo album, all the experience you've had working with all these artists throughout the years, did you learn anything from maybe someone else that you would have brought to your own work as a musician? Well, it's interesting. I had a session today with a great guitar player, a good friend of mine, Jimmy Leahy, plays with um, Dennis DeYoung. Okay. From Sticks, and he's a, he's a, one of the top guns in this area, you know, in any area really. And he was doing a session today, and I was telling the um, client, you know, um, the artist that hired Jimmy, I said, um, you know, I saved so much money on guitar lessons because I've had the privilege of recording so many great guitar players, and. Um, you know, just being in, in the presence of, of such high level musicians is, is, you know, priceless. And, um, yeah, I mean, I've learned so, so much working in the studio, working with great, great musicians and even players like, um, you know, uh, players that are so high level that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty versatile player, but I'm certainly not a jazz player. And, I've, you know, I've, I've worked with jazz musicians and um, if I wasn't a producer or an engineer, you know, if I was strictly a musician, the odds that I would have been exposed or worked with people in, in of that, that level, you know, probably not, you know, so being in, 
being a, a producer, a studio guy enables us to, to work with a lot of different styles that you would not have. So yeah, um, I think that's a yes to, to that question. You know, how you really do learn a lot being in there. If you're, you know, if you're not so tied into the technical part of it, because sometimes you're so deep into the technicality, you're not really paying attention to that. But, um, and, and that, that'll happen if you're having issues or whatever, because you, you know, you, you really want to, you don't want to pull people up, you know, in, in the studio, you don't want people waiting around while you fix your, while you're fixing the technical stuff. Cause the mojo can to, start to dissipate but um i have i'm pretty good at, at you know getting things set up quick and just being able to sit back and and witness what's going on creatively well as far as production goes how do you separate it when you're doing your own album when you're not on the outside looking in when you're doing your own music well um you know you you, you have to uh kind of uh, separate yourself from the fact that it's your music and put put a, put the objective producer hat on, you know, go at it like, you know, from a production standpoint, what's best for the track, regardless of whether it's my record or someone else's. So um, I tried to go into it just um, um, treating each song and record and track production wise what's going to be the best for that particular track and, and um again you know get take yourself out of protection mode and this is my record so it's got to be per perfect you know just go into it with the with the mindset of okay let me just do what this is, is going to be the best for the listener because at the end of the day, that's, you know, what it's, what makes, what you really need to pay attention to is how the, how the listener is going to perceive it. And, um, so yeah, so I just, I, you know, just tried to step away and, um, go at it as if I was two people, you know, I just hired my, myself to produce myself. <laughs> well, as far as producing and mixing goes, I saw that you had, any more album and the angel album coming up soon like what else are you working on currently um well i'm working on the next day uh, dave bickler record which um you ever hear the band survivor yes definitely <laughs> uh i dave's my partner dave bickler from survivor the singer the voice of eye of the tiger nice so we're working on the next Dave Bickler record as we speak. So what I'm going to do, guys, is I'm going to, I have Dave right here from Survivor, and I'm going to have him say hello to you guys. Do you mind? No, not at all. Dave, say hello to, to the guys. Hey, guys. What's hey, up? How you doing, man? Good to talk to you. Yeah, I'm at Stevie D's. It's a, it's a wonderful place to be. <laughs> Definitely. <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> All good things happen here. Yeah, we're work, we're working on um, a new tr a new song for the next record, and uh, we've already got one in the can. Yeah, for the next record, and um, this is uh, number two. Number two, 
And and luckily, uh, this interview is is scheduled smack in the middle of our session, so you guys were able to uh, make even more friends. Well, we appreciate that. We do. If if you're on song number two, so is it pretty pretty early in the process? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, pretty early. But uh, you know, I got a lot of stuff in the can and a lot of stuff. We're we're, we're starting to pick up momentum. Side yeah, note, it's, it's going to be great. Going to be another great record, but I'm going to leave Dave alone because he's doing some uh, some housekeeping over here. Nice. <laughs> so, um, hey guys. Yeah. Anyway, so I hope you don't mind. I uh, not at all. <laughs> no, very cool. Dave's a, Dave's a great guy. Yeah, I was uh, actually mowing my lawn earlier, listening to the classic rock station, and Burning Heart came on. So. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, so I'm working on Dave's record and um, also working on the next uh, CBD record. Oh, nice. Already doing that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's that's in, in the works and uh, as far and, and just you know a lot I I'm always doing a lot of my my um, clients that I've had for years. Luckily I've I've got a, an excellent client base here and um um I've had uh, some of my artists coming coming for fifteen, twenty years. So I'm always busy. Before we let you go, you talk about the decision to donate the proceeds from this to St. Jude's. Yeah, um you know, I have the opportunity to um you know, the fact that, you know, I, I basically make my living as a producer and mixer, um, I, I have the opportunity to be able to, to do that, you know, as far as my, the, the, um, income from this record. So, you know, and, and, uh, it's a charity that, um, you know, I think is, is such a worthwhile, thing to contribute to so you know I, I thought it an excellent excellent opportunity to do that and, and also you know I mean it's a win-win you know it, it um it, it helps me you know somebody who may not have bought the record may you know buy the record because of of the the gesture you know so it's a, it's a win-win situation it's, you know or as I, as far as I was, how I was thinking about it. Yeah, that's great. That's really great. But the kids, you know, the kids, you gotta, you know, I mean, geez, we're so fortunate to be, got, have gotten this far in life. You know, the, the kids, you know, such a, you know, these kids are so young to be going through that kind of thing. And, um, exactly. Yeah, and what did you know? Um, you know, it doesn't. We don't even need to to say anything. It's it's pretty much self evident what what needs to be done. Cool, man. Well, we appreciate you taking the time out of your day to do this, especially since you had stuff going on with Dave over there. So, thanks again for doing this. Yeah, pleasure is mine. Uh, do you mind if I just uh, um, just t- talk about the website where you can, you know find out more information about the record. Oh yeah, of course not. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's uh if you go to uh, www.tornfromthepages.com, 
you, you can you can access some the video. We have a couple of videos, and you know, find out when we're going to be playing again. And also, you know, the link to where you can buy the record and download the record is right there on on the front page and uh, social media links. And so that 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 URL is is, is pretty much all things uh, torn from the pages. You know, Stevie D featuring Corey Glover, and also. Um, soundspa.net that's my uh, studio website where you can take if you're a gearhead I suggest you go to that website and also you can hear a lot of my work there so that's uh, www.soundspa.net that's uh, spa like jacuzzi and and (laughs) massage Right. right on. Well, well, well. Thanks. Uh, Torn from the pages. It's a ripper of an album. That's not just lip service. We love it, uh, and, and we really appreciate the time. Yeah, man. Thanks a lot, guys. Have a great weekend. There you go, Stevie D, talking about his brand new project, Stevie D, featuring Corey Glover, and of course, once again, that cameo from Dave Bickler of Survivors. So. Of course. Huge thanks to him for taking a couple minutes, and of course, a massive thanks to Stevie D, and a big thanks to Jody from Best Bet Promotions. And of course, we just appreciate the time from everybody, and cannot stress enough that you need to check out Torn from the Pages. Yeah, it's a great hard rock record. I mean, this is the end of the episode anyways. Just stop and go look this record up. <laughs> go buy it. Yeah. Well, yeah, go buy it, like you heard there at the end of the interview. All the proceeds are going to St. Jude's. Yeah, I mean, that's awesome. Which is one of the best charities out there because they're completely transparent where 100% of their stuff is going to what it should be. Whereas a lot of charities are kind of a scam at times. But yeah. St. Jude's is not. And they do amazing work. So, yeah, that is awesome. So, yeah, once again, big thanks to Stevie D. Can't say enough great things about this album because we are both massive fans of Corey Glover. Oh, yeah. Since we were kids. So, very cool. All right, if this is your first time listening, we appreciate it. We've got 233 episodes you can check out. They're all at soundcloud.com backslash thunder-underground. You can find everything at thethunderunderground.com. Pretty much most anywhere podcasts are heard except for Spotify because they don't like people to play music like Young Other and other bands we play. Right. Because there's a copyright thing going on. But anyway, so just don't look on Spotify. Just look everywhere else. (laughs) We've had on... A ton of great artists. We've had on a guy named Gene Simmons on this podcast. Bruce Kulik, who also used to be in that band that Gene Simmons is in called Kiss. We've had on a band close to that name-wise with Kicks. Kicks. Yeah, we had on pretty much the whole band was on that episode, yeah, which that, was very cool. That us. was a great one. Uh, Dave Elson from Megadeth. Kirk Winstein from Crowbar. Uh, we've had on Jimmy Bauer from I Hate God, Superdome Ritual. Uh, Child Bite. Um, we've had on Kevin Martin from Candlebox. Uh, just all kinds of dudes. Yeah. Seven Dust, Saving Able, Shine Down, Warrant, Tesla, Dokken, Sons of Texas. Just look into it. That's right. Get on SoundCloud, get on our website, and just dig through there. There's going to be something that you like. I can promise you that. And follow us on YouTube. Subscribe at the Thunder Underground. Just recently, we put up a video review of the brand new solo album from Michael Sweet. It's called Ten, and it comes out 
this Friday, October 11th. But we got an advanced copy, luckily, so we got to talk about this for you. Recently, we also did one on the new Steel Panther album that came out a couple weeks ago. Yes. We've done a ton of other reviews as well, so just subscribe on there so you don't miss them. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're not on Pornhub yet, but Jesus Christ, we're working on it. They're a little tricky. We still, it's a year later and we still have not got that Thunder Underground melon baller for sale <laughs> that you were wanting. Yeah, well, you're slacking on that, so yeah, I don't know. But we do have shot glasses and t-shirts. Love that. Stickers, koozies, all that great stuff, magnets. TheThunderUnderground.com or Facebook. Send us a message or TheThunderUnderground at gmail.com. Or if you're in the Oklahoma area like us, if you see us at a show, hit us up. Trent will buy you many beers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when you say many, you said many, right? Like little tiny ones? No, many is oh, in a okay. lot. Okay. M-A-N-Y. Gotcha. I thought you said M-I-N-I. But he, He's good for it, everybody. All right. We'll see. But if you're listening to this this week when it drops, this weekend is Exit 111 in Tennessee. I'll be out there. I mean, I know a lot of you don't know what I look like, but if you know what I look like and you see me, I'll have Thunder Underground stickers on me. You might know Kevin Graham. He'll be out there, so he'll point you in my direction. There you go. Yeah. Looking forward to that, and of course, we'll talk about that. All right. Is that enough rambling? I think that's it. All right. Once again, thanks to Stevie D. Thanks to Med Farm and DB Concerts, and until next time. Thunder Underground, y'all. (laughs) 